Dorgan Ramen is a restaurant in Ashland, Massachusetts. It serves traditional and authentic Japanese ramen, Thai noodle soups, and the best chicken wings in Metro West. Everything's done in-house from scratch, and they use only the highest quality products from small farms. Co-chef owners, Papanook and Alan McIntosh, combine their culinary skills with traditional Japanese cuisine to create an authentic, amazing flavor in every dish. Located at 1 West Union Street on Ashland, Massachusetts, their phone number is 508 309 3416, or they can be located on Facebook at Dorgan Ramen Ashland and on their website as well, www.dorganramen.com. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Goth Girl Horror, the official hack slash podcast. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm your co-host, Charcy Lux. And tonight we are talking about the beginning of the Image comic run on Hack Slash, which begins with an annual. We're going to be talking about tonight, Hack Slash Annual Number 2, our annual number 2010. In the Omnibus, it's called Annual Number 2 because it, there was the... Suicide Girls Annual, so that's technically considered annual number one. Uh, 2010 Murder Messiah, so it's got two different titles. And I am going to be covering part two, chapter two, and Charcy is going to be covering... Sorry, Charcy is going to do a plot synopsis for chapter one. I am going to do a plot synopsis for chapter two. It's an <laughs> extra long I- issue. And then in a couple weeks, we're going to have Hack Slash number one with Daniel Leister on the show with us. Which will be exciting to hear that one. Absolutely. So we're going since this is an extra long issue, we're not going to delay too much. We're going to jump right into the beginning of the issue. Um, this episode will be coming out the day after Thanksgiving on Black Friday. So hopefully everyone had a safe, happy Thanksgiving. I don't know what the state of the world will be like when this episode comes out. At this point in time, it's so back and forth, we really don't have a clue. <laughs> uh, things aren't great with the numbers here in Massachusetts. so uh, They're horrible around Chicago area as well. Like Everything's going back in the lockdown. So. Yes, they are. Um, you and Tim Seeley are in that area, so uh, yes. good luck on Monday. The day we're recording this is the 15th of November. On the 16th, Chicago goes into lockdown. And stay-at-home ordinance, and I'm pretty sure we're going to end up doing everything out in everywhere in Midwest right now because I hear Wisconsin's just as bad. But Charcy, what about our freedoms? What about what about my rights? <laughs> You're going to take my guns away, my mask. Yeah. I, I shouldn't have to wear a mask. Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> I'm waiting for Tim Seeley's follow-up to his vampire book, the last one, which was very like anti. Trumpish, you know what I mean? Um in yeah. stuff the la- the the blood um god damn it, what was it called? As soon as you started talking about it, I'm like, god, this is like right up my it's alley. 10 issue vampire book. 
Oh, my God, I can't remember. Anyway, <laughs> that sequel will be about, like, coronavirus or something. I guarantee it. Ooh. Uh, I haven't asked him yet, but I, I'm just kind of hoping. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll send him a message <laughs> on Twitter and be like, hey, is the sequel to the vampire book going to be, like, about the coronavirus? Because <laughs> we all know what the first volume was about. That was very, very clear. Yeah. Minorities are food sources and the vampires are Nazis. <laughs> Charcy has a plot synopsis for us for issue uh, part chapter one. one. Chapter one of Murder <laughs> Messiah. I do. So for Murder Messiah, we have story by Tim Seeley, artwork by Jethro Morales, colors by Mark Englert, letters by Crank, edits by James Lauder, publisher's image, and originally published in October 2010. And for chapter one, so there are two important storylines storylines happening throughout both chapters one and two of Murder Messiah. One storyline takes place at the present time with Cassie and Vlad having to help save their friends from a serial killer maniac. And the second storyline takes place 14 years in the future. So in chapter one, two days ago in Florida, 6-6 is working on a music recording with a new singer, but he is attacked and murdered by an unknown assailant. The young singer is kidnapped by the attacker. At present time, Lisa and Chris are with Sam and Ava in their living room when they receive a phone call from Cassie. Cassie then states that six Stop. six. Pull back from your mic a little bit because it sounds like you're hitting your mic with everything you say. Oh, really? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Do you need me to start over? No. Okay. So Cassie then states that 6-6 was killed by whoever stole the address information from Hackslash Inc. computer systems. Since the killer kidnapper was in Florida, they are assuming that Georgia is the next target, and Cassie and Vlad are on their way to her place now. Once they make their way finally to Georgia, she wants nothing to do with Cassie, and she's very angry with her. But Cassie gets a note from the serial killer telling her where to find the kidnapped girl. So Vlad and her split up. Vlad is watching Georgia and Cassie is headed to save the girl. When Cassie makes her way to the location of the killer, she is invited inside once he hears her outside. The killer tells her that his name is Dale Wildman and just like her, he is the child of a serial killer. But unlike Cassie, he gla gladly followed in his father's footsteps. But now he wants information from Cassie because he wants to learn how to become a slasher. Meanwhile, while this is taking place, in Neff, the Neff Lords are taking great care in trying to create a new avatar out of Ashley Guthrie, since they lost six. At the same time that everything is going on at the present time, we are also seeing 14 years in the future where Libby has ended up. Libby is from Hackslash issues 20 26 through 27. In this future, she has found that the Black Lamp Society and at Kios has taken over half the U.S., and it has become a dark world taken over by slashers. It has been two months her time, but this new future is taking place 14 years later for the rest of the world. She started asking questions, and it got her locked up in a small prison cell where she ends up finding Vlad again. In this time, he's a very broken man. Cassie and her friends have all been killed, and he's been tortured even with his broken mind, though, he is able to remember that Six's guitar is still at Lisa and Chris's house. Now Libby is trying to get to their house 
in order to find the guitar so she can get back to the present time to stop this horrible future from ever happening. Chapter 1 ends with her making it to Eminence, Indiana, and she has made her way to the destination. We see a very angry pooch hiding above her, and he's ready to attack her. And that ends Chapter 1. All right, we'll go through Chapter 1, and then I'll, I'll cover the plot synopsis for Chapter 2. So, Clearwater... Florida is a shit show right now. COVID-19. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say Florida, and their uh, spring break kind of started that whole issue. Oh, my God. Hot Licks Studios. That's what I like to see. Hot Licks. Uh, uh. Um, I, didn't, I, I honestly did not remember if we were going to see six again uh, until the, uh, you know, like a flashback scene or his resurrection in the Chaos Comics crossover, but I guess he, here he is, and he's dead. I, I was going to say, within like a page or two, he's dead. <laughs> the lyrics are absolutely ridiculous. Um, oh, she's awful. right. Yeah, they're just absolutely terrible. Uh, I can see the jumping around trying to do a plot synopsis like this is ridiculous because then you go 14 years into the future from, by the way, so 14 years from 2010 would be in about four years from now. I was thinking that myself. I'm like, is Tim Seeley predicting something here? <laughs> Maybe we'll be coming back to this plot line in like four years. <laughs> is this toxin from the Black Lamp Society? Is that actually COVID in disguise? I don't know. <laughs> well, in four years, we do have another presidential election, so who knows oh, what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, this really does feel like it. <laughs> I swear to God, I thought this was Cassie for a minute. I was like, oh, it's Cassie from the future, I, I, I guess. I think you're supposed to feel that, because even in that past issue from issue 26 through 27, Libby kind of is very similar to how Cassie is. The only difference is I think Libby has the freckles. Libby has the freckles. Also, I think her breasts are drawn a little bigger. Yeah, I mean, that is true. She is a lot fuller, so... <laughs> Um, and then we have this, I thought, they, I thought they were waiting for a psychiatrist to show up or something like that. I oh mean, my gosh, like it does. It feels like they're having like counselor time or something. Right. Um, and I love how Cassie tells uh, Chris that the cast slash ink is the stupidest fucking idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like uh, Georgia got breast implants. I don't remember her being so big. I, but, you know, it's got to be for that whole scene right there. <laughs> it's, I, I guess so. But, um, yeah, okay. So uh, I, I feel like an idiot because it is explained right there that this is Libby and she time traveled. But it was just so, you know. It's spur of the moment. It's so spur of the moment. And they don't call, nobody calls her that either. You know what I mean? It's not like it's people saying, Libby, Libby, Libby. I had to go back and looked it up myself because I'm like, I knew her name and it was, but because, you know, we have the omnibuses and it's just easy, I can just grab the original one. I'm like, that's right, it's Libby. Because literally the scene where she's in the van and she says the spell hits the wall. When she says the spell, she's transported into the future. Right. Um, but, again, it's just, it's, you, until you realize, oh, wait, this isn't Cassie because she's talking about Cassie and Vlad being dead. Dun, dun, dun. Mm -hmm. dun Spoilers, dun. I guess. I mean... <laughs> Uh, sure. Uh, I mean, if you haven't listened to the podcast and learned by now that we're giving spoilers, that <laughs> yeah. Um, I like this artist. He's okay. Uh, Jethro Morales. Um, I guess yes. it's pronounced like Miles Morales. Uh, it looks like it's spelled the same way. 
Uh, he's okay. I can see him being an ongoing artist for the book. And I like the way that he draws Georgia, too. Like, I swear to God, she looks like she could start kicking somebody's ass as much as Cassie. <laughs> I like Libby's motorcycle. I guess got that futuristic look to it, you know? You mean her broom? <laughs> her broom? They make that joke. I'm pretty sure she says somewhere that it's like, others have their brooms, I have my motorcycle. This guy wants to be turned into a slasher, and because he is the son of one, uh, that is some messed up shit. Well, and the fact that he's just kind of messed up anyways, that he's decided that he wants to be the biggest hunter of them all, and how dare there be slashes out there, so now he wants to be one. I guess he's a vegetarian slasher, because that sandwich he's eating doesn't look like it has any meat in it. I see tomatoes and lettuce and cheese, but no meat. You mean his sandwich? <laughs> yeah, so I guess he's uh, what is is that? What is a sandwich? Is that supposed to be a specific type of sandwich? Because what was he calling it? I brought sandwiches. <laughs> I brought sandwiches. So maybe he's a vegetarian slasher. Has there ever been a has there ever been a vegan slasher? Oh, I'm sure there has been. I mean, we're not going to count Dahmer in that. But <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> Who yeah. he references in this uh, little tete-a-tete with Kathy. Uh, his father's name, right? I thought he mentioned... I've got Dahmer, oh, Ramries, and my daddy Dahmer. beat. He says he's got them beeped. That's right. He does say that. Then we switch back over to the Neff world with the tentacle creatures. Um, all the hentai jokes that ensue. NaughtyHentai.com is a good place to check out any of that if that's what you're into. Not, Not, you know... Not kink shaming, just saying. If you're into it, you know, enjoy it. <laughs> to each their own. You know, something like that. And Georgia confronts Vlad about his jealousy of Cassie. And I like how he tries to pretend like he's not jealous. Yeah. Switching back over, Pooch has uh, evolved into a full-on dog. So the other thing that, again, the biggest reason I don't like Pooch is because of the whole tea thing. It reminds me of also a chatterer from the Hellraiser series. Yes, which they are creepy anyways. So yes, they I are. I understand why Pooch bothers you. Yep, yep, just not a fan. Just, uh-uh, at all. And see, and I love Pooch, because Pooch is just so weird. You can take <laughs> Pooch home with you and never, ever bring him outside. Well, unless he's in a sweater. Pretty much. Um, okay, now we're going to cover chapter two, and I have the plot synopsis for it. Uh, Murder Messiah. This is her body, this is her blood. Do you have that page in your omnibus, by the way? I do. I don't know if that's supposed to be a reference to, other than maybe it's the cover. He worshipped the ground he buried her in. Ah, nobody's really buried. I don't get that. See, I don't have that one. I have the this is her body, this is her your blood. Oh, right. You wouldn't that. have... Okay, so you wouldn't have the I head title. I don't have the other cover. Okay. Um, but that's not Chrissy Zulo. See, I couldn't find Chrissy Zulo's cover either. What you have in the omnibus is the one where the guy is kneeling in front of Cassie, and Cassie's got the knife in the bat. No, I have the red one. So I... You have... Or you have the, both. Let's see. Let me go back to the chapter one... Okay, yes, I do. The I have the guy kneeling before her with his shovel before Cassie. Oh, yes. Okay, so um, I have the plot synopsis for Chapter 2. So Cassie and... Oh, shit, I forgot to write down the, guy, the character's name. What is the guy's name? Dirk? Dark? 
Dale? Dale. Cassie and Dale continue to have their little tete-a-tete over the tied-up victim who he wants Cassie to turn her, turn him into a slasher. We, uh, after a giant explosion and Cassie escapes, we fast-forward back to the year 2024, so four years from now, and Libby has an encounter with... Excuse me. Libby begins to have a fight with Pooch until she matches Vlad's name. Switching back now to Tampa, Florida in the modern day 2010 when the comic book takes place. Georgia and Vlad have it out about their feelings over Cassie. And then Cassie and Georgia have their feelings out with each other when Vlad is sent to the hospital with the victim that Cassie has rescued. Going back to the future, Libby is covered in Pooch's slobber, and Cassie is consoled by Georgia. I think my chapters happen to jump around a lot more. Um, No, I purposely didn't have them jump around. I purposely just separated them. (laughs) Oh, okay. The Akikos clan comes after Libby after after Cassie and Georgia happen to reject... Cassie rejects Georgia's feelings. Unfortunately, Dale then happens to kidnap Georgia, switching back into the future, which seems to be a parallel to what's going on in the present day. The clan tried to kill Libby, but Pooch stops them. Cassie stops Dale, but realizing this is exactly what's going to turn him into a slasher, and Libby breaks out a formula and the and the Nick's guitar to stop the Akiko's clan, transporting herself to the future. Upon transporting herself to the future, she meets up with Lisa and I'm sorry, she meets up with Sergeant meets up with Sergeant Maggie Riley and is killed by her because she has the information about who Sam Hain is and Maggie can't let that get out. Cassie ends up killing Dale and drives away with Vlad to her parts unknown leading into issue one. Over in the Neff dimension, they release the stillborn demon to replace Gertrude. And I'm pretty sure they're not really happy with the stillborn either. Yeah, I should have done that like the way you did because my notes are all over the place. Yep, yep. I, I started doing the plot synopsis and I'm like, oh, I can't do it like this. I needed to have a little bit more flow. Because, I mean, in the comic, it's amazing when you're going back and forth. But for the synopsis, I'm like, I need a little flow. <laughs> so Cassie begins to tempt Dale by putting her hand down her pants. Oh, my gosh. And I, I love the little hints where we get to see what she's got in her pants because at that first moment, you're like, what the? Is she doing? <laughs> it's kind of like one of those contraptions. She's on by this ugly man. Nope, she just wants to blow him up. <laughs> it's kind of like one of these. Um, she doesn't do a very good job of it because he ends up coming back after Georgia. It, it reminds me of those sex toys you would put in your pants and let your partner control. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't think of the name of those things. Well, I mean, like, they're basically just vibrators and you're just uh, Bluetooth connected to each other. Yeah, it's a remote control vibrator. I had a girlfriend years ago that gave me one. We were at a film festival, and she gave me control of it. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> Best film ever? <laughs> it was a 24-hour film festival, too, by the way. Oh, my God. I'd be exhausted. <laughs> I was constantly, during some of the films we were watching, just blasting it. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, as long as she got to get even, that's okay. I mean, she was just chewing through her bottom lip. <laughs> that and then some. Yeah. Um, so Pooch looks, like, super big and strong. I was going to say, he looks huge. Like, he's almost twice Libby's size, it looks like. What do you think Vlad's eating, by the way, when they get back to the present day Tampa, Florida? It looks like cereal. Oh, it must be cereal because he's got a spoon. Because at first I thought it was popcorn, but he definitely has a spoon. 
Definitely. Um, he takes the girl, the uh, Rachel, that's her name, to the hospital in the hearse. And you think uh, Cassie and Georgia are about to get it on, but uh, that doesn't happen uh, yet. Well, as Georgia had told Cassie that, you know, you need to make up your mind, and as soon as you can find the right words, you can come tell me. So I think Cassie was finally going to go say it, but, you know, you had that surprise with Dale in there. Akikos is Sam Hain, or Sam Hain will become Akikos eventually. Yes. Which is uh, much later on in the volume two of Hackslash. Much, much later, yeah. And technically, he always was the bad guy, but it's the one thing that... Because they even hint at it here, where Pooch flat out said that he even knew at one point in time that Sam was evil, but because he trusted Cassie and Cassie trusted Sam, Pooch allowed it to happen. So I know Pooch at some point in this issue even says in the future to Libby that it was his responsibility and he failed. Piece of glass that was stuck in Cassie's back. She doesn't seem to have gotten patched up in any way. Uh, no. Very strange. I mean, it's not bleeding somehow, though. Definitely not. Um, It definitely seems like Georgia was waiting for Cassie in bed with what she's wearing. Uh Uh-huh. She's got definitely some pretty nice lingerie on. Not that she can show it off with a creepy Dale holding onto her. Exactly. I just wonder why it was structured this way to go back and forth between the present and the future. Uh, maybe just for the fact of... Well, I mean, it ties together at the very, very part when Maggie ends up shooting Libby. So, I mean, it's kind of like the idea of an old version of a movie where you're jumping back and forth through time, but then at the end of the movie, it all ties together. Right. Um, And I guess I get my wish. Uh, Pooch is dead because his head gets chopped off. (laughs) You can't say That's like the worst scene when you see Pooch's head just knock out Libby. Oh, well. (laughs) Happy issue for me. Pooch is dead. (laughs) Our ratings just went into the toilet. (laughs) I was going to say, Pooch is like a number one favorite character for most people. (laughs) Man, people cannot stand that I don't like Pooch. It's like, listen, I can't like every character, you know? I don't like uh, Rachel on Friends, by the way. I like Monica. <laughs> I, you know what? I can understand. <laughs> and I'm mostly a Matt LeBlanc fan. That's why I watch that and Joey and episodes and Man of the Plan. <laughs> oh, episodes is so good. Oh my god! I just I just finished watching it. I just <laughs> finished it. It's so damn good. <laughs> oh my god! What a great show. <laughs> uh, and then he's now on Man of the Plan, but that got canceled. But the episodes are on Netflix to watch. Yes. So if you haven't seen episodes, watch it. Yes, and then watch Man with a Plan. Oh, but I do love that Libby says that, you know, every witch has a familiar, and hers happens to be flesh-eating bacteria. I guess that's one way to do it. Time traveling makes you throw up, of course. Um, yep. If only she hadn't mentioned that one little detail, she would still be alive. I was going to say, if she would have just looked at Maggie and said, I need Lisa and Chris, and just left it at that... I honestly feel like Libby's character arc is just kind of... It, it, it's almost a pointless issue. In my, with the exception of the present-day, you know, Cassie and Vlad story, that whole thing with Libby is just pointless because she gets killed. That's it. it. It's literally just a story to tell us what happens 
And it's kind of the idea of, I mean, I know it ends up happening later on with Maggie where she has to fight her inner self where she decides, is she going to help Sam or is she going to help Chris? So, I mean, it's, it's more of a scene that's supposed to happen and it's, it's on Maggie for her to make the right decision. Even though it sucks, Libby ends up dead. It's like you said. It's like you watch this whole thing, and now Libby's dead. Right. And that's that's what makes me just be like, what? What the fuck, Tim? <laughs> I'm not afraid to say that. I'll message him. Be like, yo. It, uh, it feels like it at that moment, but once again, like we said, spoilers. You know, it's the idea for Maggie. She has to make the right decision. And then we get the new villain, Stillborn, which kind of reminds <laughs> me of like. Ah, the movie does not come to my mind all of a sudden, but there's like a movie with like a baby killer, killer baby. Oh, Oh, that terrible, awful movie, and now I can't think of the name of it either. Oh, actually, it reminds me of the episode of The X-Files, Humbug. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. Say that. With it the, definitely um, looks like that guy. Right, right. Who, by the way, that that actor has played multiple characters like that. If you remember, he is the Monkey Man in Batman Returns. You know it, yeah. I. He's he got the uh, he's got the monkey's box and he turns it around and it's got a crank on it with a with a Gatling gun sticking out of it that he starts shooting at the Batmobile with. <laughs> I'll have to watch that one again because it's like I can picture it, but I watch it every Christmas so since I've seen it. I have the uh, Die Hard Christmas. I have the Die Hard Blu-ray, but it's the the slipcase is the Christmas sweater version. Oh, even better. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Um, I always love the remember where were you this year, this day, Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> <laughs> and then the issue ends with to be continued. Hack slash number one from Image Comics. Um, and there's an ad in here for a hack slash card game that never came out. Ah. <laughs> uh. Oh, yep. there's all these teasers that never happen. Yep, there's a hack slash card game advertisement, but apparently it did not come out. And then there's uh, image comic advertisements, because we're no longer in Devil's Due Press, so we're going to get a lot of image comics advertisements. So we're going to get um, you know, them talking about like Sam and Twitch and Spawn and The Walking Dead, which was up to issue 78 when this came out. Um, how far are they now? They're over. It ended with issue 178. Okay, I was wondering. Oh, no, sorry, issue 148, 148. No, I'm sorry, what issue did Hack Slash? <laughs> uh, no, Walking Dead ended like on a weird number that people thought they were going to go to like a big anniversary, and then it, it was like announced, final issue, and people were like, what? That's it? And it was like, retailers just ordered their normal copies of it, no press ahead of time. Issue now is worth a lot of money. That's probably why they did it. <laughs> they didn't want like a big like... Um, hold on, I'm gonna find out right now what it is, what what it was. Um, coming out twice a month are uh, Walking Dead issues in black and white. Issue 193, so I was close. Very very close. Uh, Mag- Magdalena number four was out. I believe that was a limited series. Darkness number 87 just came out, which was a Top mm. Cow book. Witchblade 139. It lists Spawn origin book and it lists the Sam and Twitch book, but not a, the actual issue of Spawn. That's interesting. Uh, and then they have an interview uh, called The Third Degree with Nick Spencer, who I believe is this is the same Nick Spencer that would go on to write The Amazing Spider-Man and currently the writer of The Fantastic Four. Nice. Who I met at Comic-Con. 
That's and if you disagree better. with him on Twitter, he will block you. Really? Yep. Hmm. Same thing with Donny Case. Donny Case does not like fans getting uppity about, you know, stuff or whatever. I, you know what, there, it, we're to the point now where apparently you can't have your own opinion anymore. <laughs> Don't direct it at the creator, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, I take it right to the creator's inbox. <laughs> Tim, why did you do this? <laughs> I do love this. What the this. hell? <laughs> uh, the uh, CBLDF presents Liberty Annual 2010, Fighting Censorship Since 1986. Issue includes Frank Miller, Paul Pope, Rob Liefeld, Garth Ennis, Jeff Johns, and Gail Simone. And we're still fighting censorship. Gail Simone, who retweeted my... At the time of this recording, it's over, uh, Kickstarter. Uh, sorry, not recording, but the time this episode comes out, my Kickstarter will be over. And that's coming That's coming soon. Yep, very much, in six days. The back of the issue, which you won't have in the omnibus, says Cassie Hack. Interrupted. Thirteen tales. Thirteen tales. Oh my God. Thirteen <laughs> tales of naked fear, and there's a naked picture of Cassie. But Hack Slash Trailers Part Two in film reels covers up her naughty bits. If you want to see Cassie's naughty bits, where could you find a copy of Cassie's naughty bits drawn by her creator? I thought you ordered it. The print. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Is it the print like naked Cassie? Yes, I do. Um. So yeah, yeah. Right? Well, I mean, I could find it on my wall because that's where it's at right now. <laughs> so, but it's like it's boobs and down below, right? Uh huh. Well, no, not down below because uh, it's covered by the cars. Um, by the cars. Wow, I can't think of the word of it. The headpiece on the car. Oh, okay. But her nipples are showing. Yes, her nipples are definitely showing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so it's pretty much naked. Um, this uh, is a one shot out in November. By Scott Alley. Gail Simone wrote a hack slash story. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Clay Moore, Jay Torres. I've met Gail Simone a couple times, and she's been on Radio Horror a couple times. Which hack slash did she write? Hack slash trailers. She's, she's got a short story in the, in the trailers. Oh. Yeah, so we'll have to cover that. 13 miniature hack slash stories. <laughs> <laughs> that will be one episode, and we will do like a one-page we won't do, like, plot synopsis. We'll just, like, go through every single, you know, little story. But, yeah, 13 stories, if you can believe that, in one issue. We'll get through it. We will. Are we going to find out when the publication was? What was the publication of this? I had down October 2010. Okay, gotcha. Well, that's all. So, okay, so that that uh, trailers thing then came out around the time is this annual in issue number one. Which I'm also thinking uh, Hackslash My First Maniac was around the same time too, wasn't it? Oh my it? god. Yeah, that's what I said. There was like four or five Hackslash books sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. So after we do two, three, and four, uh, we'll be doing quite a number of the miniseries one-shots and things like that before we get back to the regular ongoing. But, I mean, it gives us some nice uh, reprieve because we also have cheerleaders coming, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, cheerleaders. i got to figure out when the publication of that was. The Omnibus Volume 3 at the end, which is, again, not when it was published. So that's why Yeah, I think we put down June 2011, or was that the one that was wrong? I think that's the one. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. All right. I'm going to edit all this out because it's not really relevant and just say goodbyes. No. <laughs> and I gotta, well, that's all the notes I have here for Hack Slash Annual Number 2, 2010, Murder Messiah. Did you have anything else, Charcy? No, I, 
Sounds pretty good. We got it pretty well covered. We will be back in a couple of weeks with Daniel Leister in issue one. We will take a look at a Christmas story maybe in a future episode, probably in time for Christmas. Um, because there's a two-page Christmas story in the Omnibus with a bit of a weird printing. But uh, you can find oh. us at Goth Girl Horror on Twitter on all the episodes of the podcast on RadioHorror.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, Goth Girl Horror. And you can send us an email at uh, ThatRadioHorror at gmail.com. And you can find us on our individual Twitters at ChrisDSAV. And you can find me on my Twitter on Charcy Lux with three X's. Hope everyone had a happy and safe Thanksgiving. Please be safe and healthy. Stay away from people. Wear masks. Do what don't you're supposed anyone. to do. Yeah, don't lick anybody. Don't be pooch. <laughs> don't be don't be slobbering anybody like pooch. Best issue ever. Pooch died. Woohoo! No, I'm kidding. No, pooch is not dead. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like my co-host for Supernatural when I'm just like Supernatural. It's finally over, and she's like, no. <laughs> I'm like, 15 years is enough. <laughs> Hey, hey, I can accept it because Jensen Eccles is going to the boys, so I I can be okay with it. And the trailer for Walker, Texas Ranger came out recently. Yes, I saw that, and that's um, uh, Jared Padalewski, so. It is. I'm like, another reboot? Another reboot? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, the only reboot, this is the first time they've rebooted it, so. Well, I, I'm talking in general. Like, everything's being remade and rebooted, but right. anyway. <laughs> Just wait. Tim will reboot Hackslash. <laughs> it's the only reboot I will accept, okay? <laughs> It'll be in its like, own universe, but there'll be like a crossover between the normal Cassie and like the reboot Cassie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you, everybody. Yes, thank you, and have a great evening. If you rebuild it, they will come. They burned it down. If you rebuild, they build it. You didn't hear? Beg your pardon? The boy? Pete? If you rebuild, they build it. They will come. They blew it up. If you rebuild, they build it. They, they demolished it. If you rebuild, they build it. They will come. But horror has a permanent address. Welcome to my home. The house of Frankenstein lives. You see, uh, we began a project a few years ago, but unfortunately it was it was interrupted, and we're most anxious to take it up again. In September and October, the Fire and Water Podcast Network presents a Supermates tradition, covering four classic horror films and four related comic book adventures. I must find more victims before my work is done. You need look no further, that virus. We'll take the bat jet to the Hall of Justice and transform the other super friends. <laughs> Featuring an all-star cast. James Spader. Are you crazy? Jack Nicholson. Oh, just marking my territory. Anthony Hopkins. She lives beyond the grace of God, a wanderer in the outer darkness. Lon Chaney Jr. One becomes accustomed to the darkness here. Michelle Pfeiffer. You're afraid that when it gets dark, you'll attack me. Vincent Price. Let's, uh... See what the rest of this mausoleum looks like. Gary Oldman. It's really of your own will and belief. Some of the happiness you bring. Winona Ryder. I almost feel pity for anything so hunted as this count. Peter Cushing. I am a doctor. 
of medicine, law, and physics. To the best of my knowledge, doctorates are not awarded for witchcraft. But if ever they are, no doubt I shall qualify for one. And Keanu Reeves. Doctor! This Halloween, visit our field of screens at the scenic house of Frankenstein, where terror is only a listen away. <laughs>